Good to see you. Good to see you too. Hey, how's everything going? Are you in the new house today? Yeah, man, we're, we're still transitioning. Um, we've got some books here. We've got uh, all the furniture, so we're, we're doing good. Fantastic, man. That's awesome. You, you moved a little, uh, I guess, what, what us folks would call out in the country? Yeah, country? yeah man. Nice, nice. I, yeah, I felt it was... Uh, good thing to kind of get some air to kind of because I mean I grew up in the country so I'm used to it and I really I really love it and it's all kinds of room for core to run at run around in and all that good stuff nice nice um fantastic uh how, how's it um like your internet access well you know you'd think that rural internet would be improving yeah. but I, I haven't heard that it is oh my gosh I'm I'm actually very uh great grateful that i can get it like zoom and stuff and fantastic yeah you know all that stuff out here because it's like just you know barely in the within the boundaries so yeah good like i, I get like three megs out here so yeah. but so far everything's been been pretty good you know yeah. for the internet yeah well, excellent excellent man yeah that's it you know i know that arkansas appropriated a lot of funding to expand Mm -hmm. rural internet and man i would like that's been you know arkansas was uh, once upon a time primarily rural i mean there were some cities but uh it's like we were so underdeveloped we had under 50 miles of railroad track before the civil war wow yeah yeah that's crazy like roads like all the way i mean really i mean you think in our lifetime they did the Bobby Hopper tunnel, you know, mm -hmm. they, they've yeah. improved like that Avenue, but it was always and for the roads being bad. Um, like Northwest Arkansas would gravitate to Missouri for mm -hmm. business and stuff. So it's, it's an interesting facet of our history, but I've been watching that and I, I really do. I have so many friends that live sort of on the periphery of a, of a decent sized city or something. And, mm -hmm they can't stream or they can't work from home. I just had somebody uh, friends with that was the why I was thinking about it is uh, was like, man, I, he lives he they've had a good uh, they've been able to make it on virtual they live out like other side of Dardanelle. Mm -hmm. And um, he's just I don't know if they're having connectivity issues or whatever. But he was asking to, to use some some Wi Fi in an office space. And I, I'm like, man, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> challenging. Yeah, I know. I I have been able to set up kind of an office here. Um, and the, the main thing I was worried about was being able to do uh, the online job I have in, in China. Mm -hmm, yeah. I've, I've actually always been surprised that we we're able to get such a clean uh, kind of a Zoom meeting kind of thing with people on the other side of the world. And it's just yeah. as fast and it, it's, it's really uh, kind of amazing. Yeah, it, yeah it, we it, could get it out here, so. Man, I, I, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing, like, it's just thought provoking. Joe Rogan talks about this all mm -hmm. the time. But like, imagine trying to explain what we're doing right now uh, to like, uh, somebody in 1850. No, right? I mean, like, like we're just gonna turn on a, a video. Uh, what's a video? Uh, well, you're gonna <laughs> see your friend. He's in China. 
and you're going to talk to him and you guys catch up. You don't have to write a letter and wait for four months for him to get it. Right. It's right. It would be just such a, a weird thing to explain. Rogan always makes that a metaphor with uh, explaining a smartphone to somebody, which mm -hmm. has all those capabilities, yeah. but it's wild, man. Technology. Yeah, it's, it, it is crazy. Like, I mean, it's like we're in the same room together. We're, we're able to have a conversation in real time for the most part. And it's like, but we're not even here. It's like we're on TV. It's magic. Yeah. It's it is magic. magic. Like that's yeah. what that's what we would like maybe be burned for witchcraft if we were trying to tell somebody about this in like 1620. Exactly. Know? They'd be like, what? Zoom. <laughs> yeah. To the to the stocks with you. Oh you man. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, man. Well, hey, so if you don't mind, dude, uh, like so last time we spoke, I, I asked you about coming on the podcast and you said you were gonna have some schedule changes and, mm -hmm. and we were play it by ear. And thanks for coming back on. Uh, but you, yeah, you did, uh, you started teaching uh, English in, in, well, not in China, but you're zooming into China. You have students. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me about that? What's that like? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty fascinating thing. It's called VIP Kid. And uh, you, have to, you have to have a bachelor's degree in something in order to apply for it. Not really any um, teaching like experience uh, as far as like a professional teacher, but like if you have done like instructing, like, uh, you know, I did some, some work at Forster Davis teaching music and, you know, even that will, will count uh, for you. So it, that's pretty cool to get in and they need more and more people uh, to be teaching English to these uh, Chinese kids. And that's it's great. It's a, yeah. It's a great, great program. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard of several people, like when I was in college, um, I would be hearing of just different folks that, that maybe got history degrees and a couple of people mm -hmm. I knew that got history degrees um, did that. And some of them even moved to Japan. I know a guy that moved to Japan and a guy that moved uh, to China <clears throat> to teach. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. You know, now you don't really have to, the necessity is not as high to relocate, I, I suppose. Right. And it's crazy to think that, uh, I mean, China doesn't have, all the things that we do, we have, they don't have YouTube, they don't have, or at least if they do, I, I think it's very limited. Um, but, and yet we're, we're able to talk like this directly, you know, from the USA to China. Yeah. And, so. Sorcery. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's a great program. It's something I, I think they, uh, they really say that they need to, to learn, even though, you know, it seems like everyone knows a little bit of English over there, mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's part of it's also the interaction between the two countries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and this may be totally off topic, but <clears throat> have you seen, so like following World War II, there was um, sort of a weird movement to uh, stop teaching German uh, mm -hmm. in the American school system. And uh, do you see any of that? Do you, do you know anything about that going either direction? I mean, it's interesting that that's always, I've mm -hmm. always heard of people teaching English yeah. to China in China. Um, but what about vice versa? I wonder if it flows mm -hmm. both directions. I'm, I'm not sure if it does or not. I know that, I know that most of the people around the world, I mean, a lot of people know English already. Um, but as far as, uh, 
teaching Chinese, like I know that there are some, like they'll send us these newsletters every so often and say, well, if you're in New York, um, you might not be able to apply anymore to be a teacher. And I know that certain states have started, I guess, banning that or something to, you know, the connection between, you know, certain states and China. Yeah. And I know there was talk of, I don't know what happened to TikTok, but I know that that was kind of a thing, but. My wife is still on, Corey still gets on it. All right. So it, it never still happens, there. So. It's still there as far as I know. <laughs> she sent me, I'm not on it, but she periodically will send me like a funny cat video or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. That's awesome. Or I show but, her a funny video uh, on Facebook and she's like, that was on TikTok two months ago. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I, I think if they're going to spy on us, they're already spying in, in ways we haven't even thought of. And so are, <laughs> and so are we, by the way, is mm -hmm. another great point to make. Right, um, right. Man, I took a class on espionage uh, just <laughs> for my undergraduate and it, it eroded so much of my faith and what... <laughs> And just knowing that that is also going on, that triple agency is going on at all times on all sides. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man. I mean, like, how bored do they have to be, you know, to to spy on TikTok, you know? Uh, but, yeah. man, I don't know. Um, so they, they can probably, I mean, our phones are all tapped, you know, for that was back in the 80s. And, I mean, so I'm sure they can hear this conversation. I'm sure they're they're tuning in yeah yeah i mean you know the the sort of idea is like anything where there is a uh a wired in microphone can be tapped into so like i have my uh my yeti pro right here or, or just that's just mm -hmm. a blue yeti but uh it's plugged in it's on um i i think that even if it was plugged in and i wasn't doing this cast it could be accessed and that's i've heard that on iphones wow. Any, anything you can't take a battery out of or power hmm. off of well i heard the you know the rumor is that they can see you through your your iphone camera yeah. or, or listen into the, the speakers and things like that yeah i've heard um yeah i've heard of of weird weird things like that with like adware and malware has kind of evolved to a point where mm -hmm. it might try and film you doing something uh or film you like make it look like you're watching something just use your imagination but i've heard some crazy stories like that and it might just be people that are scammers doing it but it's a uh, it's kind of interesting yeah and i don't know did you see also there seems to have been did you see that youtube kind of zapped out the other day a couple days ago no no well just uh when was that earlier in the week uh yeah it was it was two days ago and i thought it was just my my youtube oh no you know, no yeah no I, I was thinking okay it's 6 p.m on Wednesday night yeah, around that time I couldn't yeah, get I couldn't right. load videos I was trying in my class I have a big tv here at the gym uh and we'll periodically show a video of something right uh yeah a move yeah. or a, a fight mm -hmm. or a clip and I couldn't access it on my phone I reset the router at the gym I couldn't cast to the tv the tv yeah wouldn't play a youtube video it was it was weird yeah I mean I thought it was the new house I thought it was the connection but then I got on Facebook and saw that other people were experiencing the same things. People in people all, all over the world, actually, in different countries were experiencing that YouTube zap. 
Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look yeah. into that a little further because yeah. I was getting frustrated. I was, <laughs> I started off with me trying to show one of the other instructors a video on my phone, and I was like, um, oh, I turned off my Wi-Fi and it still wouldn't work. So it makes total sense what you're saying. Right. I was <laughs> yeah, blaming I was, my I internet. Was freaking out. Yeah. yeah, man. And and you're kind of out there too, right? Um, as far. Yeah, we're we're in a weird little spot. Um, it it's kind of out it's out of town so to speak i'm about seven to ten minutes from the gym Mm -hmm. but um we're kind of in a valley like my house is even kind of down on a on a hill if you remember pulling down the driveway yeah it keeps going down a little bit then it goes way back up and that's the that really nice neighborhood you can see Mm -hmm. from the interstate pleasant view is right on the other side of that hill behind my house but we got another big hill on that side so i get good internet but um cell signal i have to get on like the wi-fi calling right yeah well that's good that it can still reach out that far yeah yeah it is and uh, you know like friends of mine that live uh like other side of dover Mm -hmm. like uh man they're just uh they're just out of luck i work with i work with a guy that lives out there he teaches english and um like doing doing stuff like this from home filming a video mm-hmm. uh anything like that up he's he's had a lot of challenges since we've been dealing with covid oh yeah yeah it, but i can't help but think that you know it's great that we have this now you know yeah it just so happens that you know we have this huge disaster and a lot of people are staying away from each other and but you know we have this so we could we might as well be in the same room and we're just you know, what do you it's weird I mean, how that coincides you know what are your thoughts on like um sort of changing assumptions around what we're talking about meaning um mm-hmm. oh hey you're still a very viable worker you contribute to the economy uh i'm sure the money you make pays american taxes mm-hmm. you know and you get to do that from your home but very much even where i work there's this sort of hardline perception that you must be here this number of hours per week when mm. you are not when you are not teaching you must be in your office and it's like mm. yeah when i was quarantined i taught all my cuz i never got sick luckily thankfully um i taught all my yeah. my classes from just like you would do just from my studio right here um so it's uh that necessity to some some jobs i think we could reevaluate like uh, I know you want this person to come to work to do this menial task, but mm-hmm. is that a necessity? Right. Yeah, I know that. <clears throat> I know that a lot of people actually prefer uh, online, you know, doing their job online. And it is true that most of the jobs uh, could be done from home, or not most of them, but a lot of them could, and just the ones that needed to be there could go to work and that way they could you know kind of i guess socially distance a little better you know and it would be less dangerous um did you ever see that uh oh it's like a few years back it was called uh, i think it was called sentient uh but it was like Mm -hmm. the idea that like we basically our physical bodies never leave home we go out and like this like Mm -hmm. a i don't i don't even remember the whole premise but your body stays at home, but either a clone of you or something else is what goes out in the world. That way you don't get exposed to anything. You don't get sick, oh, yeah. you don't get murdered. 
you're just at home, right? Uh, yeah, it was a Bruce yeah. Willis. It was a Bruce Willis film. It's several years back. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I no, I, I that's a, a nice premise, and I think that's kind of what we're doing. Except, I suppose you could make robots or something that would walk, but also carry the Zoom thing. I've, I've seen some funny jokes about like somebody shows up to a meeting with like an iPad on their face. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I'm here for the meeting. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> that's that's good stuff that, yeah that's kind of what we're doing and yeah. uh that's awesome it is and man i've been able to um just under in the in under these conditions oh learning is an is an adult that wants to learn is so mm -hmm. much easier uh things like master class or great uh great courses or audible I mean, there's so mm -hmm. many ways that uh, people are putting themselves out there uh, and you it's easily accessible. A, mm -hmm. a lot of people are paranoid that that's going to end up like killing education, killing the arts and humanities. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a book uh, dealer tell me that I was like, I think I'm going to use this because it's an audio book. And they're like, oh, that's just trying to replace you. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I'm here. I'm not replaceable. Yeah, it, it, for what I do, the individuality of what I do. So there's a, some odd perceptions around, you know, all of this that, uh, so, and it maybe it's generational. It may be. Um, I do know this. For some things, it's better to be in person. Like, uh, Cora is always like a social butterfly with all the kids, not just the kids. Like, you know, we would go to the doctor's office and, you know, she would see a mom and, you know, her kid and she'd just run up to her and give her a hug and just run back. Like she loves people. And that's the only thing that I <clears throat> kind of regret about not being doing the in-person thing is because Cora just thrives off of other people. Yeah, I can, I can definitely empathize with that. Um, I was homeschooled till eighth grade. So like I was not socialized in the way you're talking about at all. And it was a, like a yearning of, you know, I, especially at that age. And I still, I still want that. I still want those interactions. Mm -hmm. Basically, the only reason I say all this is because I don't want to sit in my office 15 hours a week. Right. Students don't come by, man, especially during a pandemic. They're like, yeah, text me. Like I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing advising and they, they, none of them will answer your call. We have to call them and they're like, who's this unknown number? Oh, no. Yeah. And then, then I'll text them right after. I'm like, this is your advisor do you want to register for class? And they're like, yeah, I will take these classes, please. And I end up doing half of it. it but that's a yeah. changing generational thing too. You know, I remember when my dad sent me the first text message, it blew my mind like two or three years ago, mm. you know, yeah. so. Yeah, I felt the same way. I, I really didn't want to get, you know, into the, the whole texting generation and, and stuff because I, I just didn't feel a need for it. But I guess as it got more and more important, I, I just, you know, had to. And so eventually we just kind of fit into the mold and, you know, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, man, it's just so, all of this is interesting stuff to think about because I wonder what the long-term outcome is going to be of some of these things. Like what, what's, what's what we're doing, we're doing look like in 25 years, like, how's it going to evolve? Or are you going to be projecting a hologram and actually sitting in the seat, yeah. like in front of me in the studio. And I have like a little device that projects you or something like that. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it, it does make you wonder because I mean this like even 40 years ago would be science fiction even 30 years ago I mean things that we're doing now were you know yesterday is science fiction so I guess we just need to read more science fiction we're going to know what it's going to be like watch more Star Trek watch more Star Trek more Star Wars yeah. that good stuff yeah. yeah man it's it's great well so dude since last time we talked um man you you wrote some incredible music over the break like we were talking about your music um on the last podcast a little bit and during then that was pre that was pre-covid that was pre-shutdown but um over the pandemic you did uh you crafted some songs. I found myself uh, <laughs> listening to them, not just because I know you, because they were good and I wanted to listen to them. Like a after I listened to it, one, I would play it driving down the road type of thing. Just go to your, your oh, YouTube man. channel. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it, it's been it's been a while since. It feels like almost just just yesterday we had our our meeting. You know, our our interview or talk, whatever. It, it was the podcast. It was great. And, yeah. you know, being invited into your house was such an honor and, you know, and stuff we were talking about then, it, it amazes me how much has changed since then. Yeah, like, I the know. entire world has, has changed. So, but yeah, well, um, yeah. Yeah, man, I really, the, you kind of wrote a fitting song about, 2020 i feel like the the world was it like the world is on fire what was that one called yeah man that's uh keep calm i keep calm okay yeah keep calm <laughs> move on oh uh, yeah that was that was my favorite one that i, I listened i think i listened to all the ones you put out recently but that yeah, one man. was the one i kept coming back to because like, <laughs> this is super appropriate yeah man i you know it's kind of like i'm talking to myself you know um, the words are you got to learn how to deal with the tension you got to learn how to play the guitar and I'm still learning my actually for that song uh, one of my guitar strings broke off and I just kind of left it because I don't know how to fix things but I wrote everything all that on, based on the the, uh, the broken string and um, all the strings that were left and I just wrote the song with that and the the solo line is on that second string that uh it, you know is now at the top so the entire the entire breaking of the instrument you know contributed to that too yeah wow. and so did I, you play I, guitar I, before this at all like you're i know you're incredibly musically talented and right in your writing also um but i but definitely like man like when you put all that together i was like this is a what's a what's your process of like oh, I kind of explain it on the guitar, but um, did you learn guitar kind of for these projects? I mean, I started to learn it uh, halfway through last year, and just because I I never had, and I finally wanted to, and I was getting it all all down and stuff, you know, just kind of your basic chords, three chords. Um, but I mean, you can do a lot with three chords. You know, you can sing a lot of songs. But as far as the other things. I wanted to look into other musical projects like online. Uh, there are people that want to collaborate all, all over the place, complete strangers. And I was listening and I, I heard that some people were putting this kind of new beat to things. Some people were rapping over new music. Some people were singing and like, I, I realized I just wanted to do a, a collaboration with somebody 
um, that I didn't even know. And so I found, you know, a guy who's a really talented artist, Ali Sanchez, and he, uh, you know, he, he wanted to too. And he's, he's all about positivity and, you know, and looking on the bright side of things. And he's always, he's such a great person to work with. And so he, we did a couple of songs that, um, that are out there uh, where it's kind of my music and stuff and uh, a beat, like a, a drum beat and, uh, and him. And so I, I wanted to, the whole point of it was I wanted to bring all kinds of things together, multimedia. So I have, <clears throat> I have just this uh, drum machine because I don't have a drum set yet. Um, I have Finale, I, I have WavePad, and I, I blend those together, and then I record the guitar over it and the vocals over it, then uh, kind of compress it into an MP3, and then just, uh, I have fun making a little video to go with it, and then I post it. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing, uh, using many different, uh, softwares, many different sources, many different artists, like human people, uh, and just putting it all together. And, you know, to me, that's what music is about. It's about everyone coming together, no matter how different we are. And that's been my main theme, you know. Ben, here's, here's a question for you. Like the, the main thing that I thought about uh, with all this, because I kind of, maybe you had mentioned that you that you hadn't been playing the guitar very long in like a <laughs> social media post or something. We talked about it. Um, but I kind of had that that thought is, and I've, I ask anytime I talk with someone who is a lyricist or a vocalist or um, is thinking about the song in that way, I guess, I'm always fascinated to know their perspective on like okay you you wrote you wrote the lyrics to like to say um keep calm right um how did it did you write the lyrics first you write the music first did you compose the music to match what how's you how do you approach that um i, I like to play around on the guitar um mostly i like to play around on the piano though i and that's been the best thing about being out where you know nobody else is i can finally go full full blast on the piano and kind of make whatever, you know, songs I can feel like, because usually I, I, it just kind of flows and I don't have any plan beforehand. And then just, I'll play something, I'll play something over here and then I'll, I'll hear a chord progression that I particularly like. And then I'll just, um, I'll put it to music. Uh, but with the guitar, it was just something I was playing around with one day and I thought, Ooh, that sounds pretty good. E minor. I, I really like the sound of E minor and just being able to, to go from just three chords basically. And then I would play the three chords and then I would stop and I would hum it to myself, probably in my sleep too, and just, just sit on it and then think about how I'm really feeling at the time. Like I, I know we all have all this energy that can sometimes just pour out of us, uh, especially in these times where everything is just so extreme, uh, it's it's easy to spew, you know? And and I know when I when I saw you use that word, uh, that that's kind of what, what people are doing. And I it made me think about myself and it made me think about our our society. And you know, there's good ways to spew and there's bad ways to spew. 
And my good way to spew is taking it out on the piano or taking it out on the guitar or writing words that describe, you know, what's going on so that the volcano doesn't, you know, erupt in a destructive way. It, it can be changed into a song and people can listen to it and they might relate, you know, and maybe then their volcano won't be as active too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, it is, so, that is such a good point is because uh, these types of, in my personal experience too, these types of creative endeavors are an outlet. Writing in, writing in a journal is an outlet. Talking to another human being about your feelings is an outlet. Um, mm -hmm. Creating a song. Uh, sometimes just playing. Like I just sometimes just play, just pick up my mm -hmm. guitar and play it. And there's no, there's no focused practice. I'm not working 15 minutes on my scale exercise or anything like that. It's just like, this is something different. I'm just doing this to, to relax, to chill, yeah. to, to not think about, uh, you know, the world. Mm -hmm. so. yeah, and it really is an outlet um, in every sense of the word. I, I get the feeling just like when I'm playing guitar or I'm playing the piano, especially like with the guitar, I, I can literally feel the stream of, you know, everything that's up in here, just, just billowing out and going through the guitar and just going outward. And the same with the piano, I can feel it just, and except it's outlets coming out of my fingers. And it just, that's, that's how I feel too. I, I agree. It's very relaxing and it's literally a weight out of your skull, you know. How much are you able to cross over in terms of association between those two instruments? I don't play piano, um, but, I, but I play guitar for a long time. I've actually just did my 13th lesson yesterday wow. I started, started taking lessons for like what we're talking about that's another that's cool, outlet like I'm writing tons of new stuff but some of these questions I'm asking are because man I've always written original riffs or chord progressions and you've even written you know lyrics poems right just different things mm -hmm. thoughts get on notes on my phone or in, mm -hmm. in books over the years and it connecting the two is always the hardest part for me. As a matter of fact, one of the only songs I've written that I have words to that I sing, I wrote on the mandolin. I've only been playing the mandolin for a couple of years. Oh man, that's awesome though. It's um, easier. It was kind of easier for me to, to sing along with it. Singing and playing it at the same time, mm. that's kind of hard to do. Right, right. Um, and it is, it is hard to play a lot of my piano songs on, on the guitar and vice versa. Um, just because you know at the time when we come up with it it's uh it's for that specific instrument and that's that's how you hear it and that's how you remember it and it's almost like changing the song if you make a guitar song a piano song i mean it can be done um i mean i, I can play while my guitar gently weeps on the piano but you know i i couldn't possibly do it on the guitar which is ironic because of the name of the song <laughs> yeah for real but but that's one of my favorite things to play on the piano is while my guitar gently weeps. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, there's a, a newer artist I heard of. He was, he was a solo artist. He passed away in the 90s. Have you ever heard of Michael Hedges? Sounds familiar to me. What did he do? Oh, man, he was a very unique, uh, just a sort of an acoustic guitar player from all the mm -hmm. things I've seen. His 
the last show he played before he had a car accident uh, between shows, the last show he played is on YouTube. And my guitar teacher turned me on to him. And I've listened to uh, several songs, that, that live performance. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to a good portion of it just in the background. Uh, and then kept coming back to it, listening to the first. Mm -hmm. But he plays that song on guitar. But have you ever heard of a guy named Andy McKee? he's another um he's more of a guy that a lot of people know of and i brought up andy mckee to my guitar teacher i'm like oh it sounds like andy mckee what you're doing over there and huh. he and he was like these are people that do like finger tapping on acoustics and stuff oh right, Al yeah. alternate tunings they might even have a weird shaped guitar you've never seen that's an acoustic oh, um yeah. you know just kind of like um just a unique unique stylistically and he's like have you ever heard of michael hedges i was like <laughs> no and then when he turned when he when i listened to him i'm like i have not heard of this guy oh man yeah it, it was it was amazing but then i heard him play and uh ironically while my guitar gently weeps and nice. it was good because he does <laughs> instrumentals but he sang that also uh it was mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah man i don't know um yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I think my favorite instrument is probably the, the sitar. I've, I've never, I don't think I could ever play it, but I mean, I'd, I'd love to just have one for its, you know, aesthetic oh, yeah. value. They had one for, uh, I did not um, think of it really about picking it up. I didn't like, oh, that'd be cool. But uh, <laughs> Olsen's, Olsen's is pretty much liquidated. Um, mm, yeah. But they do still have quite a bit of stuff there. Uh, you know, my guitar teacher worked there for a long time. And uh, they had one for sale uh, wow. like two months ago, maybe less. I was Dang. in there. I bought a podium for the studio to, to like lecture. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. So they, I wonder if they still have it. Uh, you know, uh, they are taking, they're still open. They're just kind of going yeah. in when people want to come and look at stuff is, is kind of the gist I got from oh, yeah. last communication, but they, they do still have, quite a few guitars and amps um and pedals and different things like that but uh it's all at dealer cost i've seen like oh yeah like 700 a 700 dollar base i saw marked down like 300 bucks <laughs> so dang uh, wow that's that's pretty good i mean yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of money <laughs> Yeah, it is, man. What I always do is I pick up a cheap guitar and then I fix it up. That's the funniest thing. Yeah. Oh, that's that is a good idea. Uh, this guitar that I've been using, I don't know. Whoever had it before me did some pretty interesting things to it. it they uh, they put a little, a little speaker in there. I'm, I can't really show oh. show you, but there's a an amp inside there. Yeah. And, a, and then I looked on this side and it's, it's battery powered. There's a battery that. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, 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 it pops yeah. up and uh, volumes. I've never seen something rigged like this, but it can do like natural amplification, like just because it has a battery in it. Wow. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. I've never seen something like that. So it actually has a speaker inside, like you don't have to plug it into an amp. No, man. Wow. Yeah, it can, and it can get loud. You can, it's a treble, a bass, and a volume button you can push in or out. And whoever, Whoever had that before really loved it. And so I, I find it to be a fascinating guitar. Yeah, that is neat. They, and, and if they did, they probably would have had to have a luthier do that. That's it. If they converted it from just a regular acoustic. Yeah, they must have. Well, it's, 
It's also a, it's an acoustic electric as well. I mean, you can plug it into an amp too. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I've never seen that kind of a thing. They must have taken it all apart or, or something in order to get yeah. deep in there to to do that. I'm I'm always interested to. I had this guy on the podcast. Um, he, his name's Johnny Rubin, but he goes by mm. the the name uh, Doctor Funk. Huh. He's yeah. a bass player. He's his videos and his live streams uh, get like one of his videos I really enjoy. He's got millions, like tens of millions of views. Yeah. But when he was talking to me, was, he busks. He goes out and busks a lot, or he did mm -hmm. a lot more before COVID. Now he's he's been able to get his he went viral busking all the time so he's been able to harness that kind of like a working from home capacity like yeah those live feeds and stuff but he had this amp that that was battery powered and i was like dude huh. playing like something with like d batteries in it out there on the street <laughs> right not so he doesn't have to plug in like little interesting little things that i started looking into that buskers do so they can mm -hmm. not have an elaborate setup yeah 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 totally I, I know the uh the keyboard that i have it has, takes uh, some d batteries and you can just take it over you know on the sidewalk and just play it and yeah. it doesn't matter where, where you play it you can play it anywhere and yeah. yeah that sounds that's what it sounds like i i always had a fascination with people who can do that like uh you only really need like a, a special pedal an echo pedal i guess I don't know what you call it, where, where you play one thing, you re, you record it on the pedal. Yeah, a looper, looper, that's right, yeah. that's right. I, I always thought that would be like the perfect thing to to have if you just wanted to go out and, you know, make make your own band out of one one guitar, you know? Yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy does that, uh, this Johnny Rubin, Dr. Funk guy. He, mm. that is kind of... And I had another guy perform that's uh, in this uh, widespread panic tribute band, my favorite band, a tribute band. <laughs> but he like they're they're very well known in the community, and he played with a looper. And man, how he utilized it was so creative. And I, I have a looper, and I, here's the here's the extent: I play my chords, and then mm -hmm. I record it, and I try and play a, play a lead part with it. So it's like a practice tool yeah. um, and it helps, but uh, people are up there playing these concerts and there's, they're a one person band. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites is a girl from Australia named uh, Tash Sultana. Hmm. Uh, if you've never heard of her uh, and I know I keep mentioning some, some different artists and stuff, but she is amazing with, she'll play some keys she loops, mm -hmm. she plays guitar, and it's just her. And you would never think that one person could do all of that live. And she yeah. Does, or like like big, big concerts live, just boom. Tash Sultana. Sultana. Yeah, yeah. S-U-L-T-A-N-A, Tash Sultana. Yeah. She is uh, something else. I'll tell you what, here's what I'll do. Let's just, because uh, we can uh, circle over to your YouTube. I will, uh, I'm going to pull up okay. YouTube and do a, do a screen share. Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully I, I get it up here. I, uh, I hope it doesn't slow down the, the video. If it, if it does, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what uh, we can do to remedy. Okay, cool. 
Okay. Can you see my screen? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, cool. Let me maximize it. All right. Yeah. So she's got a YouTube channel, uh, and I'm subscribed. Tash, Tash Sultana. I'm gonna ring the bell too. I'm gonna have yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, and she gets into it, man. Um, okay, I'm gonna try and find a good uh, YouTube channel where I feel like it won't get flagged for us. To, oh yeah. For us to watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, with three million views. Oh, let's see. There's a couple of uh, <clears throat> couple out there that are really good. I'm just gonna pull. Let's see. How long is that one? We'll pull this one. This is I've watched this one re recently. I'm gonna turn it down a little bit. All right. We got an ad. <laughs> yeah. It happens. That's all right. Add it. Yeah, it happens. All right. Is that her? That's her. Sweet. She'll start looping here in a minute. Here, I'll turn it down so we can still talk. Is that good on your end? I can't hear it on my end for some oh, reason. Weird. Hmm. Mm. Let's see. Well, she sounds amazing. Here, I'll turn it off. Yeah. She's playing solo right there. Like I watched this mm -hmm. one a little bit the other day, but she starts looping um, and bringing in all of these other instruments. Uh, and she is so energetic and gets into it. Her setup's amazing. You can see here, she's got uh, like keys and synthesizers over here, chimes. Oh man. And I yeah, that's awesome. Oh, she's so, got a, a little, uh... I, my dad has one of those with the ohm on it i'm not sure exactly what you oh, call yeah, it yeah yeah yeah. i'm not either but she, and she utilizes all of it it just it blows blow, they got me thinking about this is creativity <laughs> man her people that can do all the stuff we're talking about like yourself even though mm -hmm. you collaborated uh with some other people it's it's amazing and it's an amazing outlet but like the just the ability to create is oh it's just so fascinating to me how people do it in ways that i would have never thought of you know yeah and for the for keep calm that that's uh everything that's played is is just me uh basically on a loop so i i like that kind of thing like what she does and you know i uh like what you're talking about with the guitar and the, the solo mm -hmm. um on top of the guitar that's that's what i did for keep calm what's and your it, what is your youtube channel ben i'll pull it up on uh b-e-n-i k-i-k-i-n i was doing it yeah. right there benikin music and uh, i haven't put you know nearly enough stuff on there <laughs> you know because i have all this i have a whole lot of stuff on my computer that is either you know unfinished or you know is finished i just haven't you know, gotten the courage to put it out there. Um, and a lot of the stuff is still in my head. You know, I, I go to the piano, I play it, and it's like, man, why, why don't I put that on YouTube and a lot of that stuff. Do it for the fans. Do it for me. Yeah, man, <laughs> I will. I Now that I, I've moved, I think out here in the country, I can do a lot more, like, stuff that I, I really like to do. Mm-hmm.
And then it, yeah. it seems like um, a lot of those songs, like, oh, this is another one, Nero. Is that an instrumental? Uh, yes, for now. I, it's one of those that I haven't put words to yet. So I, and I, it was taking me too long to put words to it, and it sounded fine as a, an instrumental. Wow, dude, you have yeah. you have more content than I thought. See, I was I should have I think I subscribed maybe on one of my YouTube's. I just subscribed with the podcast channel, but you have yeah. way more content than I thought. I see. I was really seeing the content you shared on social on Facebook, um, yeah. and I was seeing it also like get more and more and more views. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, wow, you got a few uh, that have one point three k, one point two k. Yeah, man. Excellent. Um, a lot of the newer stuff, uh, and the more I talk to people, even though these aren't necessarily, these aren't necessarily collaborations, um, I'm still able to connect with other people, other artists on websites, and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll watch it, and I'll watch some of their stuff, and it's just a, a back and forth thing, and it, it's cool to hear what everybody's doing out there on in the music world yeah like with new music yeah um, what is yeah. uh have i what uh carnival i don't know if i've heard that one. that's your most popular i'm gonna that's I'm just uh that's just an instrumental just kind of a thing i was playing around with um it's supposed to be kind of like a danny Elfman kind of kind of thing mm -hmm. oh, i bet uh, if i I'm, i bet if i unplug oh, hold on i bet i know why you're not able to hear things i'm playing yeah just a second, I can figure it out maybe. Um, this one's actually a little bit on the. Oh, I see. I bet this you one's actually a little bit on the long side. I'm not quite sure why it was so popular, but. Um, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, eight, eight, uh, eighty-eight hundred views. Dang, I, I guess I turned my back on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. That's like, I mean. I would say on YouTube, that's more views than any video I have. My highest viewed video on YouTube is 2.1,000. Uh, one of the gym. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why this one in particular. I don't know. It's not particularly as good as the others or worse than the others. It's, it doesn't, I mean, it's just kind of, it's more like what I have in my head when I go sit down at the piano and just, kind of abstract you know sounds and, and stuff um a lot of these songs i don't know what they mean until years later um almost like it's one of my favorite ones i guess let's see i don't know i think a lot of people really like zen um okay it's just kind of a i don't know it really chills me out and i at that point, I was just kind of trying to simplify things. So I had the, you know, I just kind of wanted to, to relax myself. I, I do a lot of this stuff for my, my own emotional needs. And then after, after it's gotten to that point, I really don't know what to do with it. So I kind of put it on, you know. I like this one. I haven't heard this one. I like yeah. it a lot. Thank you. I, I, I don't know. Um, I had just purchased the newest, the final finale, you know, upgrade, which has world instruments and things like that. And you can yeah. pretty much write symphony scores if you wanted to. Um, but I mean, this one in particular, uh, 
I just needed something at that moment in my life to just put me in, in the zone. And it's one of those that a lot, you know, a few people, 1,000 people. Yeah, almost, watched, like, almost and, 1,100. And they, I didn't see any dislikes on it. So it looks like 16 likes, zero dislikes. And that's kind of rare because usually there's somebody out there who dislikes something. And I wondered why this one, you know, got such good scores. Yeah. What, why, uh, let me ask you this. How, how do you, I mean, I kind of say it doesn't bother me, but like deep down, sometimes when people make some comments on some of my stuff, it does bother me, but then I just remind myself that it shouldn't and I move on. Um, but does that stuff ever bother you? How do you deal with people being critical of, of, of your endeavor here that no one should be critical of, but, but people are, like you said, people always are kind of critical yeah man it's it's part of the reason i haven't put all of my stuff on on youtube but i i have been slowly you know getting getting stuff you know put out there it's just that when you create something it's like your kid and uh you want your kid to get you know good scores right on tests and and be friends with everybody and all that and no one to dislike them and so you know on a video i could get well, you know, 20 likes and then just one dislike. And it, it always seems to happen. I'm not sure who that one person is, but I don't pay attention to the 19 or the, the 20 likes. I, I pay attention to that one dislike. And that's just kind of my personality, which I do need to work on. But it's just hard to do when you put yourself out like there and you, you have one tiny little little thing that bothers you. It's all, you know, it's always the comments that, and really, mm-hmm. I get some, I get comments all the time, uh, for example, um, and this bothered me a little, a little bit more in certain ways, just because of the topic, but uh, mm-hmm. like when uh, I last saw you at mm-hmm. that march in Clarksville, the Black Lives Matter rally, mm-hmm. um, I, I did, st- I streamed that, um, on my podcast, oh, yeah. on my podcast page, and I woke up the other morning. This is probably about three weeks ago, and somebody that was a nineteen, twenty years old from Hartman, Arkansas, mm-hmm. Johnson County, which just up the road. I mean, it's where my whole family is from. That area. They um, had commented about a dozen times, and every comment was the most deplorable racist rhetoric like a dog was 1488 we must secure the future of the white race all of this really i mean just i it blew me away that somebody i I haven't experienced that much i guess until i started talking about equality all the time yeah yeah. (laughs) you know uh, but now um you know i've really tried to have people on that can broaden my perspectives and my empathy and of my audience too, but it's because of everything that's gone on um, <clears throat> this year. But like I had Wesley on when with a, one of the organizers of that. Oh yeah. That yeah. Rally. And great. I just, it just, it, that bothers me that people are, you know, that I'm like, Hey, I want to talk to this person, see mm-hmm. what their, what their experience has been like and that people have a problem with that right it's just and that people will hate on that that will hate on something like a message of like hey yeah this 
Yeah, who cares if they don't look like me, talk like me, or even into the same things as me? Yeah. Maybe I will like something you like after we talked because I didn't know about it. Right? Yeah. That's that. That's the the perspective I have as an adult. I didn't always think that way for sure. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, it's just the strife of this year. I think is coming out more so on some of that stuff. But yeah. Well, it, I mean. I'm probably not, you know, the best at empathy, you know, uh, I, there, there's some things that just kind of build up and build up and build up. And then, you know, you, you got to spew, but I mean, I think a lot of people are drawing really hard lines nowadays. Mm-hmm. I think that they're setting the, the limits to who they can associate with. Um, I know that on both sides, on either side, you know, there's some huge extremes going on. And I, I know that I have a particular, you know, side of things. Um, but I also want to be able to, like what happened uh, with, with Whitney and the man, I guess named Chaos, I guess his name was Chaos, uh, and the second one on the second uh, rally where, you know, they they were talking and the difference of opinions, different, completely different backgrounds and everything. And, uh, you know, they ended up saying, well, you know, I kind of believe that, you know, I I kind of agree with that. And both both people were saying that. And then for long, they've just given each other a hug and like, man, you know, yeah, I thought that was the, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? That, well, I think there's a lot of power in that. You know, we just finished, for example, in my Arkansas history class, Reconstruction, the time mm-hmm. period. And we're getting into this next topic where like the Elaine race massacre um, and mm-hmm. a lot of things come up that that are, you know, a part of a very racially charged and controversial past in terms of Jim Crow and things that were done to disenfranchise African-Americans. And I was telling my class, it's like, look, you know, I was not raised to think the way I'm about to tell you guys about. I mean, that was not a, a thing that was emphasized or talked about when I was growing up mm-hmm. in my home or really, you know, no one told me about this <clears throat> massacre of these people who right. fought in segregated units in World War One. You know, and and I and I kind of made the point to him. It's like it's this sort of stuff that really, as an adult, I was able to develop empathy for way more groups. And in my adult, like in my current uh, timeline, like last five years, that is ha- that's seen me labeled as some wild stuff back to the comments section it doesn't really bother me this one's kind of funny but i've been called a, a liberal brainwashing college professor oh man <laughs> perish the thought it, at least i'm liberal not a brainwash at least i'm not a confederate sympathizer that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean the, yeah on one end i don't want to uh take sides but on the other hand I mean, there's a lot of things that I think should be deal breakers, like racism and, you know, I don't know. 
just now nowadays everyone is is pretty much planted in their in their position like no amount of of news or facts or, or anything will sway anyone either way it seems like or at least for the most part and i don't know uh but i still think man you know i we need to to not settle for for racism so and i i do think it's a big problem i could i i know the other side of of it is you know people are saying well we don't want you know riots and looting and things like that that's that's how uh people go about it on on the other side of the argument um but i don't know i i don't have enough information to know uh all i know is that we grew up with Whitney and we grew up with those guys that were going to be out there. And the first day that they were doing it, I, I was driving through and I saw people with uh, American flag slash Confederate flag, you know, on one side, whole, whole bunch of, of counter protesters. And uh, on the other side, there was, you know, the Black Lives Matter side. And, you know, I, I felt like, yeah, there's COVID out there. There's all this stuff going, but I mean, we need to stand up with these people. These are our friends. You know, these are our fellow human beings who are <clears throat> being treated badly just for the color of their skin. And I thought that, you know, the least, the least I could do was stand up with them. And, you know, Megan came too. She wanted to do it too. She did a great job. And, you know, I, it was good to see you and Thurman and Julie and I mean, it was it was good to see a lot of friends there and to see that it wasn't violent it wasn't there was no looting or rioting you know it was in a city that all of us call home you know at one point or another and even the counter protesters they uh they were kind of they were there but you know they really didn't dominate the the thing um it was uh, it was kind of the the religious message, um, you know that that was going on up there that countered them, and it kind of showed them that this is what needs to happen. We need to come together instead of, you know, yeah, I know that all lives matter, but I mean, you know, that's that's one of the things that I've gotten really tired of <laughs> explaining, <laughs> you know, when people say no black lives don't matter all lives matter and i i've had to you know keep coming up with different ways of explaining the argument which is and i'm not sure if it's even hitting home or if they even want it to hit home so so many of those people been think that that organization is marxist and is gonna mm. gonna infiltrate and take over all of our institutions <laughs> And I mean, that is one of the thing that I ran into that um, is this, this sort of conspiracy that these uh, that everybody involved with Black Lives Matter is a trained Marxist and <laughs> their goal is uh, essentially to undermine democracy and um, they are funded by international socialist groups. And all, mm. I mean, I've heard I've and this is. 
you know, coming from one side of the aisle, I have not been able to substantiate any of that above and beyond one of the leaders saying that they had training as a Marxist, but like, I, I don't, man. Yeah, it only takes one, you know, yeah. and then, I mean, that's, that's all it takes to really put that idea in everybody's heads, uh, even though it's, I mean, I, <laughs> I haven't had a little Marxist training, but not, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a leader yet. Well, man, like, think about like uh, the second red scare in American history. If, if we were to like say this and they were like listening on our microphone, like we were, uh, like we were joking about earlier, mm-hmm. we find ourselves in court, like the era of McCarthyism. And right. I, th- I think that that is way more rooted in this paranoia and fear that, and, and maybe it's still, it's still justified, right? Like maybe that's just the point. Like I was talking with, uh, with a, a, a Chinese person the other day. And mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, he speaks Mandarin. Like he's, uh, he owns a, a couple of businesses in Arkansas and successful. And I was like, dude, um, he, do we still think China's trying to take over the world? Cause what, why do we still hate him? I, do we still have to hate Russia too? Why do we have to hate? I, it, it's a, like yeah. the cult, like the cult and, <laughs> It's so crazy to me how much the Russia thing came back in the last, uh, and, and whether, you know, it's merited or not, right? Um, the Cold War is over, McCarthyism is over, but a lot of those paranoias are deeply ingrained uh, and fears. Anything to uproot, you know, our traditional way of doing things, right? Our, our system as it is, you know. It would, that's one thing that I've noticed is a lot of people are rooted in their ways and their, their biggest fear seems to be anything that could change their tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and Megan and I were just discussing this earlier today. Um, there's, there's one group that wants to change and progress and um, there's one that wants to stay still and be traditional and, you know, I, I can see that where, you know, people want to make America great again, like it was, you know, when the traditions were, you know, kind of set in stone decades ago. I think that that's what that must mean. But, and a lot of people find comfort in that, just like a lot of people find comfort in church or, um, you know, things that we, routines. Uh, if we were to look on a smaller perspective, people who have routines, I know I don't ever want to change my routine because it makes me uncomfortable. So changing a tradition, you know, might really scare some people. Well, and I, I do think there's very much still this tradition alive. And, I, and I've never, I heard it all growing up, but I never really, once I started thinking about it as an adult, understood it. As a matter of fact, I was like, I think that this creates a problem. I saying this, but like, the United States is the greatest country on earth. Hmm. Why do we have to make it a contest? Like, um, how about we just like try and elevate, which without maybe forcibly spreading democracy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe, maybe just try and elevate other countries to a similar status of prosperity that we enjoy. Um, Maybe that's just through information and, and technology and cultural borrowing both directions. 
and uh, the sharing of thoughts and ideas. I think that there's, uh, because uh, of our capitalistic nature, that it's like, mm, okay, what's just money? We'll just give them money, right? Or, yeah. or funding, aid, whatever it is, and then we'll have some influence or right. whatever it is, you know, but, oh man, that's, that's something that's very, uh, very interesting dynamic is like uh, how, how things have globalized, how the interconnectedness has changed over the last hundred plus years mm -hmm. and the approaches that, uh, I guess what you would term superpowers have taken to, um, you know, sort of moving the world forward and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if all we do is communicate inside of the, uh, the US, uh, we only get maybe two or three different perspectives about things. Like they're slightly different, but we, we, it's like an echo chamber. Uh, if all we do is speak to other Americans and like, it's interesting to see what the world looks at when it sees us, like what it sees. And uh, that's one of the cool things that uh, the China job that I've been doing, talking to these uh, 10 year olds, you know, six year olds. Um, and some of the lessons will be, well, what would you want to do if you came to America? Um, and, and one of my students says, well, you know, well, he stopped and he's like, uh, Ben, do you have a gun? Do you own a gun? And it's like, well, no, I don't own a gun because, you know, I'm kind of accident prone. And, you know, I, I, I really haven't thought about even purchasing one yet. And, you know, he, he was like, well, uh, they, they say that all Americans have guns and they, they want to shoot the China, Chinese people if we come over. And it's like, oh, man, you know, that's, that's illegal over here. That's not something that we do. Uh, you don't have to be so afraid of of Americans, but I mean, it's it's amazing to, you know, they can see how uh, disjuncted we all are over here. Like how how neighbors are, you know, fighting against neighbors, and kind of how just I don't know. I I feel that the, there's a huge divide, and that uh, red and blue has just kind of I don't know taken over just looking at the map it shows just how fractured everything is and the fact that you know pretty much you know close to a half of people are on one side and another close to another half are on another side and it's now starting to get kind of uh, dicey it's getting a little negative on on the on that front you know I, people will soon cease to see each other as people and then they'll just see you you as a red person or me as a you know a, just a color and now there's only two colors red and blue and maybe i don't know that's that's all a lot of people are seeing and once you see that it's a, a video game and we're enemies and i don't know i i think that's what what's uh, going on and I'm trying to think of constructive ways to to bridge the gap you know without accepting the things that I know are fundamentally wrong but also realizing that everybody pretty much wants the same thing in life 
that's been a challenge for me uh, this year, especially. Yeah, I know, man. I have struggled. Um, it's like when I made that status you referred to earlier uh, on fa- on Facebook. It's just, man, I was seeing so much negativity, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we're talking, and and I've been so back and forth. It's like I, there's multiple takes on like, do you unfollow these people? Do you unfriend them? You never talk to them again. What do you do? And that's been a struggle uh, with some family members. Mm-hmm more so those types of connections than anything else but but also like my role not so much in the community but in the community that that core and i have kind of created at the gym Mm -hmm. you know i have parents of kids here that they don't like the way that i've uh, said some things about uh about things that are going on but you know for example i'm i commented a little bit before the clarksville rally right when the george floyd killing happened there was uh a march in russellville and i i went to it and um there were people out with guns everywhere like that and then i was super paranoid to go to clarksville like when thurman hit Mm -hmm. me up and he was like hey dude you want to go i was like uh uh i (laughs) I had to think about it and then once i committed to going because i thought about it but then he would he thought about it too and he was like you going i was like (laughs) i'm kind of scared because all the ars last time but i'm thinking Mm -hmm. about it and then then we were like we got to be there yeah, man. Well, and, I know that uh, the day the day I went across the bridge, uh, they they did have uh, guns and they were threatening with guns, and I that's I felt the same way. And, was that the know, second day, or was that the first? No, that was the, it, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't during the rally. It was the first day that the the banner went up across the oh. main bridge, and I really thought there was going to be some you know, some stuff going down because you had everybody uh on the all all lives matter side uh on the left side of the street and black lives matter on the right side and there's just videos of that day when there's just so much yelling and you know people there were people on one side you know pulling out guns and just shaking their guns and like i thought that i thought it was going to go that way honestly the first the first rally but you know thank goodness it didn't (laughs) Yeah, I know. I remember that would be when you're talking about when Wesley got punched in the face by that guy. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was Wesley that got punched. Yeah, that happened that, that same day. And, oh, I just know that if one side or the other wasn't able to hold together, it could have ended a lot worse. And that's kind of why I dropped Cora off with my dad. You know, I, I was thinking about taking her, but just so she could have seen it. But, you know, it, it could have could have gotten really bad i'm really glad it didn't yeah, likewise i was i was happy i went and you know like that first day where i saw you there there was i didn't see any guns there were some people yelling there were some counter protesters mm-hmm. but it's like that was a just a, a peacefully well done um event with a bunch of like-minded people who were mm-hmm. not acting aggressive and yeah. you know taking advantage of the political rights that we have. So uh, I enjoy, I was, I was happy. Like, I remember I did a podcast about 
the Arkansas state flag and how the, you know, the star on top yeah. of the star. The day before with three, and I was like, oh, I'm going to Australia tomorrow. I'm afraid I'm gonna get shot. Oh, it's a crazy time to be talking about all this. I got my mask right here. <laughs> oh, so it, it was just a wild time right around then. And you know, I would like to think that it's calmed down, but with all this stuff going on with the election, it's uh yeah, it's it's further polarized. Um can we talk about that real quick? Um yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, for um, I would like to, to know some things that you think, because tomorrow, Dr. Hausnick, uh, Chris Hausnick, he's a political scientist mm -hmm. at Tech. Oh, yeah. And then Marie, she and I went to grad school together. She's so smart. Uh, and she's she studies mass resistance uh, yeah. and, and American politics and race. And she's come back on. She's been on a couple of times. I had her husband on. He's a, a PhD in history. And but these two people are coming on to talk about the election. We're trying to um, explore some topics. Mm -hmm. But um, what is what has been your take or some things you're looking at that you're that are either concerning to you or like today, like something that I, that was concerning to me. I watched Asa Hutchinson give a, a COVID mm. briefing and that dude refused all out to say, and he said it was going to be likely. And I, he, he did handle it sort of like a politician. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this interview, but he refused to say, yeah, that dude's going to be our next president. And the, the media guy was really pushing him with it. And he was just like, yeah, it's probably it's real likely, but they didn't announce the winner in the 2000 election until December. And he's like, well, that election was one state and a few hundred votes, you know, and, and it just seems like that that side is not it's not just the president willing to concede. It, it seems like there's a whole demographic of people not willing to concede that that Joe Biden is. Yeah, president elect is as I see it. I don't see it going any other way. Uh, every claim, and it's a, it's so hard to look into all these claims. I'll I'll be sitting on something. I'll think something for a day, and then I go find a counterpoint on it. And you, it takes me a while. It takes hours to get to the bottom of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I if you look there's 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 a difference now of i think 5 million uh, voters it's between yeah yeah five, 5 million votes between biden and trump at at this moment and um i think i think we're so divided because people have put all of their values onto a, a single candidate um all the the hatred that they have for the other side onto a single candidate and all the you know the the fear that that's been going on, and um, I know that on you know kind of the the bluer side, which I'm kind of bluish. Um, we you know we want a president who believes in the COVID. You know Trump's gotten the COVID and says it's no big deal, and yet we you know I, I'm having friends in the hospital right now. I'm sure you are too, and I know you know you've had some. You know, it's just this whole thing is because of COVID. This whole uh, divide, this whole breakdown of society. The reason that we can't 
send our kids to school right now or we could but they'll get they you know could bring it home get everybody sick uh, the reason is because of covid the reason so many people have left their jobs or or have lost their jobs is because you know of this uh disease that yeah is is killing a lot of people and it's supposed to um be projected to kill another 200,000 by the end of the year. Um, and that's one of the biggest things, you know, racism aside, you know, is, uh, the way people speak aside, I think COVID, there's only been one, uh, one of the two that has acknowledged that COVID is a problem that we need to take care of it. And I think from that end, uh, alone that's what you know and I know politicians lie I know politicians are you know pretty much have to or else they can't do the job um, but I mean some don't don't lie as much as others and I do think it's important to take the COVID uh, seriously and I know a lot of people do um, but with Asa I mean, he, I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. Well, I'm, I've been over the last few days alarmed uh, at the number of active cases we have in the state. I mean, it is surging right now. Mm -hmm. And I sort of just became aware of it. Um, I was looking at the cases today and yesterday mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize really that, that we were surging like that. I mean, it makes mm -hmm. sense. But also uh, along those lines, I, th I think that we're, like you said, it, it's very possible that um, we could be entering another wave and that the surge is connected to that wave and that wave will lead to a lot of other deaths. It's, um, oh, it, I do wonder how things will be handled um, moving forward. You know, like what, uh, well, how Biden's gonna handle things. Uh, what's going to happen to the economy, et cetera. I mean, as far as I can tell, and, you know, whether this makes a difference or not, uh, I think his plan is to shut down the government. I think he, he says, or I, I, I might be misquoting him, but I read that uh, it's possible that we would have a four to seven week shutdown period, and that would be enough to slow the virus. And the problem is, um, I mean, they can enact that, but as, as long as there are people out there who are just not wearing masks, just not taking it seriously enough, you know, it's it's not going to change. And even during this shutdown, Arkansas never really shut down. Uh, it did in certain ways, but I know a lot of businesses stayed open. People. I saw more people at Walmart than I saw before it, you know, before the thing. That and that's something, you know, it's interesting. Like I have, I shut, I shut down my business. I just moved into for six weeks entirely. Uh, mm. We just bought a brand new, almost half million dollar facility. Uh, moved our business, and then mm. then COVID becomes a thing. This is in March. We've been in for two weeks. Then the shutdown happens. We stay shut till May 4th. But, and I will say this, I'm thankful that um, we did receive a lot of aid 
Mm -hmm. We're able to pay our employees. We were, uh, we were able to get aid on our mortgage, all of these things that really, but then too, at the same time, there are many other businesses who, I think the reason we were only helped like that is because we actually are financing property to own. Oh, yeah. a lot of other people lease and they don't take that uh, class into account as much, but mm-hmm. you know, like I closed uh, my doors and did mm-hmm. zoom classes and did other things. And a lot of people um, really, I think some on both sides, I think if, if you say more uh, liberal or centrist people, even that are, that are own, that own businesses are like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, so why does, why does big box that has the ability to do all online orders, why do they get to stay open while small business is closing and going out? And that was it. That was a, la- a level or a layer to the complexity, uh, complexity of all this that a lot of people pointed out that w- I think we could have done better with like the if we're going to ask everybody, it's just like when we're at war, if we're going to ask everybody to, to help and grow victory gardens and stuff like that, mm-hmm. as a metaphor, like, like everybody's yeah. got to, everybody has to play a part. Walmart does not get to not play a part. Right. You know, and the irony of the people that got to really, I mean, think about some of the corporations mm-hmm. that became <clears throat> super wealthy during the time of COVID. And, yeah. then, and then the, the people that were hit by it because they have family members die. It's just, uh, it's reached into every aspect of our society, I feel like, and touched every aspect. Yeah, Somewhat. absolutely. And, you know, <clears throat> I just have to wonder, like, how it would be different, how the, the COVID would be different now if everybody had closed down or not even that, if people had just stayed home uh, and, and or utilize like you know i'll use the the pickup system at walmart instead of the going in you know system exactly. that works just fine you can still get everything mostly everything you can get in the store and uh you don't have to go out there and spread it i, I think the thing of it was you know I don't, I don't know if people really even believe that they are spreading it at you know at least some people yeah yeah, I yeah, I mean, I just got to be s- still those people out there. There's been a lot of people that um, have had that view that passed away, you know. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> and a lot of people with that view are, you know, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Even if something does happen to someone you care about, I I wonder if even that is, you know, enough to change your perspective on things. I mean. You would think it would. Yeah, you know, I will say, like, I oh, I became a lot more cautious after, and it wasn't that I was being unconscious. I was wearing my mask anywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only time that I do not wear a mask is when I'm teaching at the university, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I mean, uh, and they, all the students wear a mask, and my student count is really low because I live streamed mm-hmm. the class. Yeah. So a lot of them just log in remotely. Um, but that's also, they're like, Hey, you don't have to wear it while you lecture. I did wear it while I lectured the first day. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just a policy they did. So I, I haven't worn it. And I hope I'm, you know, it, it, my, my worry is like, did I have it 
and I was asymptomatic or to <clears throat> catch a certain strain of it. Mm. And that strain was not um, contagious to me. But after she got it, and she's she is a healthy person. Yeah, she's active. She was really like she'd been doing a lot of. Uh, I mean, her diet was good. She was riding her mm -hmm. bike every day, walking, all of these healthy activities. And she was hit with it so hard. I was lecturing uh, when she was, she was in quarantine. I was teaching a class and she texted mm -hmm. me. was like, I think we're going to have to go to the hospital. Oh, I, so like, even when she had it, like, I will tell you, like, when I knew she had it, I was like, you know, okay. She's had it for a couple of days. She'll be over it in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe, maybe we can like have some fun or something over the quarantine. Like that was yeah, my initial yeah. thought because I like, she had typo blood, like based off some research I had, had, had seen consistently about that blood type is it wasn't hit as hard. Mm -hmm. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, she, yeah. she had 11 days of symptoms, man. Wow. And the first four or five days were so intense of the, the body aches and, and I was right there with her the whole time and didn't get it. That's the thing that's so crazy. Mm. But the flu works in that same way. And I'm not calling COVID the flu. I've been, I've been making that point to people in yeah. that uh, three years ago, I got the flu really bad. Cora took care of me. She didn't get it. Mm. So. But man, how's she doing now? She's good. She said yesterday that some of her taste and smell still a little off. But, Isn't that weird? I wonder why it affects your, your taste like that. I don't know. That is, is super strange. And some people, um, I know several people that have had, uh, she, I mean, it's been a, a month for her uh, before mm -hmm. she started really getting getting a lot of it back. Uh, but some people reported not getting it back at all. Wow. Uh, but she is getting hers back? Yes, yes. Oh, but, good. But it is, it is still it's different. That's just the best way to probably say it. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, in the, the symptoms she got. So the oddest symptoms, man, uh, for example, like between her fingers, mm -hmm. she got this weird rash. It wasn't on her fingers mm -hmm. like there or her palm. It was between her fingers. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I noticed it and I was like, Hey, what's, what's going on here? And we looked it up. It was a symptom of COVID that I had not heard of at all. Um, wow. just in the, it manifests in the oddest ways. Uh, it, it's so hard to understand harder than the election. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, there's like three different, at least three different strains. You know, I think the, the one from China went to Seattle to the West and started spreading there. I think I read that the Italian one is what hit New York. And then like a, a completely third, like mutation strain is what, you know, got kind of the middle of the country. And, and yeah, man, it's, and it's gonna, I'm worried it's gonna mutate to a point where, you know, it will be completely airborne. Like, you know, the Andromeda strain, like these movies about plagues where you can't even go outside, you can't even breathe the air, you have to be in a tent, you know, or else you, it gets to you. So I, I just hope it doesn't get to that point, yeah. you know, and uh, that again, politically, that's why I, I, I decided to go with the guy who, who said, you know, who didn't say it was no big deal. 
that that's that's the issue for me too is that like um i mean i would hate to be in the situation of like oh hey you're the guy and there's covid what are we gonna do Mm -hmm. right And, and for me to not have any real uh political or i mean maybe even i guess you could say he's got leadership experience trump i don't know um, but I, not a politician is like, oh, hey, listen to all your political advisors about how to mm-hmm. deal with this. Uh, and then political by those political advisors being partisan stacked for in his mm-hmm. favor. It's but he, he you know, his refusal to kind of come out. Uh, that's why I was happy on some level that it was left to the states. Uh, but if there would have been even Asa Hutchinson said this on that same interview, he's like, if there would have been a more consistent national narrative, there should have been, um, mm-hmm. things may have been different. What are your thoughts on a federal mask mandate? I've heard both sides. I, I think it absolutely should be done if we're going to keep this under control. Uh, I know a lot of people have trouble breathing and stuff with the masks. They have medical problems. And that's been an argument I've heard over and over. Um, But, you know, if if you stay indoors or you just go to your job, you know, and not go out and shop in Walmart, then you really don't, you know, need a mask if you're not going to go into a public area with people and stuff. And if you're too sick to wear a mask, if it's an option, maybe, you know, stay home. And, you know, I... It's not easy to stay home. What's easy is, you know, it's not easy to get a job that's remote or to, you know, uproot everything that you know and, and you know, go from being somebody who likes to go out and talk to people and uh, to, to being someone who's just kind of stuck at home. That's not an easy thing. And, you know, for the record, I don't think liberals like to wear masks either. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, that's a weird thing that uh, this came up at the beginning of this semester at our all, all uh, we had an all employee meeting at the school. But it's like, masks have, have become a political issue, and not mm-hmm. a not a medical issue. Right. And a lot of people say like, I have a friend that said this the other day, he's like, uh, and it's, oh, it's uh, the guy, one of the Arkansas guys that fights in the UFC. Um, yeah. But he won a big fight in the UFC and at the press conference, he went off on a mass grant. Hmm. And I, I, I've trained with this guy since he was 16 years old. But uh, he's like, if your mask works so good, great, wear it. Why do I have to wear mine? Hmm. What are your, uh, not, not to like put you on the spot, like with all your opinions about all these controversial oh, topics. I'm, I'm happy but what, but what, what do you think about people, uh, that response? Well, I think the misconception is that the mask protects you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the misconception I, I first had, because like, well, we wear a mask, so we don't get the virus. But it's, it's the opposite. We wear the mask to protect other people from ourselves. <laughs> and <clears throat> if only half of us do that, then we all get like infected. It, um, it's there's a chart you know that I keep going back to this shows the percentage of you know the virus that can get through if nobody's wearing a mask if one person is or if both people are yeah and you know it's it's a huge difference and 
I saw, I've seen so many posts, one, one that said, you know, why should I wear a mask? Why should I uh, have to suffer so you don't have to live in fear? You know, why do I have to change to, you know, to soothe your fears over something that doesn't even, you know, affect us? People think it's the flu, you know, it, it, or similar to the flu, but the numbers show, I mean, the percentage is just so different. And, and it's so much different than the flu. It's, it's so much more extreme, I would think. And uh, yeah, I know people think that the masks are like, almost like restraints, almost like, you know, this is our constitutional rights being violated. And I mean, nah, just, and the demonization of Dr. Fauci, I think is, is it pretty much says it all, you know, the, the, the scientist who is trying desperately to share his, you know, experience, uh, you know, decades of experience fighting viruses, and he, all he's asking is people to, to, to follow precautions, and he's, you know, receiving death threats, uh, who was it, uh, on, on the radio, they called for him to be decapitated, beheaded, you know, there's just all that kind of nastiness. I've, I've seen a lot of violence, a lot of calls for violence, just because people have, like you said, politicized mask wearing. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd rather talk about ultra violence than to give up our our rights. Uh, and it's, yeah, what a weird thing to be associating violence with. And it's been... Mm -hmm. You know, and Thurman, I've done some episodes about this uh, and we're going to do some more, but uh, there has not been a year like this in our country's history since 1968. Mm -hmm. Sustained riots, sustained violence, an election year, uh, political division, uh, pro police brutality. Uh, you know, in 68, we had students getting beaten by police in front of the mm -hmm. Democratic National Convention, the Ted Offensive, Martin Luther King Jr. assassinated, Bobby Kennedy's assassinated, LBJ doesn't run for re-election, Nixon's elected. Mm -hmm. It's just one thing after another, and I bring this up a lot right now, because A, I'm fascinated by that year before 2020 mm -hmm. ever happened, but B, the parallels are daunting. Like you can say, there hasn't been as prolonged protests or riots or any, any amount of civil unrest like we are seeing since 1968. Yeah, man, I, I've been thinking about the same thing and I've always thought to myself, well, wouldn't it be cool to live during that time during the hippie, you know, during the protests and all that stuff during Woodstock. Hey, maybe we'll, Woodstock. maybe we'll have some <clears throat> historic, I thought about this, right? Maybe mm -hmm. next year, like uh, this maybe, you know, goes away. Joe Biden gets in there. Mm -hmm. um, the world, the COVID, uh, the, the final wave goes away. Like maybe the Spanish flu had three definitive waves. Maybe that's what COVID's going to be. Um, yeah. and, and then we'll be able to deal with it uh, much more effectively having gone through it knowing what to do uh and maybe 2021 mm -hmm. will have like a oh i always make that point it's kind of a joke it's like 1968 was terrible but 1969 mm -hmm. they had woodstock right? yeah I what 2021 is going to be like well we could either go 
that way or we could go toward the world war direction we could go you know for creation or we could go for destruction and i i guess if we were get to we're to break it down to what i feel this really is about it's creation versus destruction and i feel like there's just so much um anger <laughs> there's so much anger going on that um i don't know I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I would like very much for the Woodstock theory to be true. I I want because I know that music and you know everything that Woodstock was about is is that universal language that does bring people together. Like you could take the most liberal dude and the most conservative dude and you know play a song and it'd be like, hey, you know that's that's a good song and like yeah. It's actually pretty good. And they could agree on that just by musical taste alone. Even uh, people in China, even people who can't very, very well, and they can't speak English very well like me. Um, <laughs> you play a song for them, they, even if they may not understand the words, you play an instrumental for them, you know, and they, they know exactly what that is. And we can, even if I can't speak the same language as you, even though what I'm saying could sound like blah, 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 blah. Uh, if we listen to music, suddenly, boom, we're on the same wavelength, you know? Are you um, <clears throat> are you a Harry Potter fan? Yeah, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, I, so I just actually, I, um, so when I was a kid, the books I was not allowed to read because they were evil, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, so I got into the movies. I've collected most of the Lego sets. I have Hogwarts Castle. <laughs> I need. I haven't put together yet. That's awesome. But I, but Cor and I, we love the movies. And I just started listening to the books. And I'm, I'm mm. doing Chamber of Secrets. But um, there's a. I shared it on my Facebook the other day. But Albus Dumbledore says, uh, "Music is a magic beyond all that we do here at Hogwarts." Oh wow. Right? Yeah. Do you I, that quote just like blue? I've been thinking about it ever since I posted it on, on my social. I was like, oh, that that's exactly what I think you're saying. Is, uh, yeah, man. Is what, but it man, it is. It's it's something else. It's like, oh, I, we don't speak the same language, but we're gonna we're both gonna feel this. Let me hit, hit play real quick. Yeah, man. I I a lot of the times I'll try to figure it out exactly what music is. And you know. I, the best thing I can come up with is it's like liquid emotion. It's it's like something fluid that just uh, it's like pure emotion. If you want to feel a certain way, you know, if you want to feel all pumped up, you listen to this. If you want to chill out, you listen to this. And like it's it's more than just a a, a sense of sound. It's it's like it brings back memories. You know, it brings back. You know everything it, it lights up parts of your brain yeah. and, and i, I, I was yeah. thinking about this like um so i've heard um like what, what you're saying with memory that people smelling certain uh foods or mm. dishes can just take them back to i mean we talked about some of this with with music and um people suffering from dementia stuff like yeah. there's certain things that can kind of take people back but i've been thinking about that with smell um mm -hmm. like for example 
like I know for a fact, like this got me all this, the COVID losing, Corey losing, all this kind of thing. About. She loves like our house, burning candles to smell a, a certain way, right? And yeah. and she makes our gym smell a certain way. She's very impressive to make a martial arts gym smell really good, right? Yeah. But I was thinking about this just this week. It's like, I think that, and I don't want to say just women. I think it's, I think it's more, but I think, smell is one of those senses that like for her if she if she if it things smell a certain way it's it, mm. it makes her feel relaxed that's what i think yeah it's like it is um and then i got to thinking like ancient world i'm like oh, people always had this incense oh i like burning incense yeah oh, or uh, frankincense and myrrh mm. and perfumes like when i read about the egyptians like they were super into smells yeah that is interesting yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it can take you back, like, you know, if in your childhood, your mom was making like some some bread, you know, or baking some bread or something, and then you're now 60 or 70, 80 years old, and you smell baked bread, then suddenly you're back in your mom's kitchen. And, you know, it, it takes you right back there in your brain, even if it, like in dementia, even if that part of your brain is kind of switched off or has gone dark, it, you know, shines a light on it for a brief moment. And did you see that newest video of the woman that had danced? Uh, yeah. like that was, uh, that was, I was thinking about our last conversation because mm -hmm. I know that we had talked about, you know, like Amazing Grace and mm -hmm. uh, You Are My Sunshine, it just different songs I've seen that you, you, you would be, a, you know, you heard that when you were a kid and, and several people that are, have had that condition mm -hmm. are able to go back to it. But never did I think physical movements with your body. That was the first time yeah. I really, I, like when I saw her like come alive and start doing those, the, that choreography, it, it's like a martial arts practitioner. Mm -hmm that blew my mind. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, okay. That's what we're doing. Like, that is what I'm programming in. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Or, you know, you know, like, uh, if someone's doing Broadway, they have to practice, 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 memorize, 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 you know, memorize the music, practice, memorize the choreography that goes with the music. So they probably they, they have to ingrain it into their brain so deep for that for that performance that they won't forget what they're doing at all and then you know I guess some part of it's pinned you know to the inside of their brain like and they may forget about it that it may not cross their mind but when something like that music starts going it immediately lights it up and then they remember that I mean, they probably remember all the words to all the songs they ever memorized, all the, the dance moves, just for that, that short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And I think it is fascinating because part of it shows us that we don't really ever get old. You know, we, we don't ever really lose it. Even if we, even if it's all gone dark and there are some you know, how we have outlets, maybe there it's also inlets too. It's ways of plugging things into us that will, you know, recharge our batteries for a few seconds. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. this, you know, that all of this has um, made me think more uh, like I even needed to think more about it, but made me think more <laughs> about consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's just a just a general topic of how's that all work? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> how does this fit into, you know, our consciousness and our physical body and, this, and this, the separation of the two and in some of these instances mm -hmm. of the reunification and 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 just curious curious about what people's consciousness is, is doing like what it, what it, where their thoughts are uh if they're if if their physical body is not quite able to do what it always did if some sort of inlet has become disconnected mm -hmm. you know if you like that's the kind of questions i like to think about is it you know okay well if there's an afterlife if there's something beyond this um what is that like? Like, what is it? What does our consciousness do? Are there other are the people that I was with here? Are they going to be there? Am I aware? Like everybody here, if I passed on, would be aware that I was no longer here. Am I aware that they're not there? Right? Am I already there? If I am in that next phase, if if it exists, if I have dementia, mm -hmm. but my physical body's kind of behind a little bit. These are all really good questions, and I, I like to I like to read about uh, people who've had near-death experiences or who have actually passed away and then been brought back and the experiences they all share and, and the similarities that they have, you know, with mm -hmm. people who have also gone to the other side and then come back. Um, yeah. yeah, this and there's there's people who are able to you know, transcend, you know, using music or, you know, some people use drugs and, or some people, yoga, meditation. yoga yeah. and, or even when you're sleeping, even when you have a dream, that's like, yeah. what is, is, is that your, uh, your way of, of looking into the other realm and for them to look back, maybe, maybe they can't see us and we can't see them unless we, you know, find that, that bridge somewhere with yoga or with music or anything really. Yeah. Um, and maybe that is a way for the, us, us to, to meet each other without having to die. Yeah, um, funny story. And I, I, we can wrap it up here in just a second. I've got yeah. to go do a quick errand before I got to come back at, to the gym here and teach a kids class in a moment. Yeah, man. that's cool. This that fascinating conversation today, man. I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, you for you. having me on. <laughs> But uh, last last night, I, I kind of slept in. We had we had uh, Cora got promoted to black belt in jujitsu last night. Oh, congratulations! So, thank you, thank you. It's, it took her uh, over eight years. Wow. Um, so, but our dog. So I was, I was laying in bed, and it's about five thirty. I usually get up at four, so I I slept in a little bit. But I was all wired last night, and I stayed awake too late. Mm -hmm. But my dog was having a dream. Like, and that's something else that gets me thinking. All <laughs> yeah. sorts. I'm like okay like says so some people just don't like my dog smiles mm -hmm. like dude he snuggled up on the couch the other day and let out this big sigh and then he smiled like oh it's so <laughs> comfortable right here guys oh and, man but he was like he, he was having a bad uh, maybe not a bad dream maybe it was a good dream but he was <laughs> he's kind of barking and making weird noises and moving around but he was asleep and, uh, yeah. and I was like, oh, come on up here, buddy. But man, it's got me thinking. I'm like, this dog, like, because I think of dreaming, like what you're saying, it's like, it's another state of consciousness. 
mm-hmm. like maybe uh, you do a lot of meditation or certain types mm-hmm. of yoga, you people report the same experiences that people who would take uh, psychedelic drugs would report, uh, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, dreams like Oh, it's such a fact I've been reading all about like dreams in the ancient world like the story of Joseph and the dream mm-hmm. interpretation that's big in Egypt that's a part of that story yeah. that is really I would argue indigenous to like uh Egypt like one of the Egyptologist fallacies like this is the part that fits this is the internal evidence of like that's Egyptian like let's look at the stream yeah. like the yeah. Egyptians were big into interpreting dreams um but yeah dream states even my dog has them what do they mean (laughs) man it's it's a huge huge can of worms but i love talking about it and man maybe some other time we could talk about that hey you know dude i'm i'm always down um i had somebody on yesterday uh john warren from clarksville yeah Um, i had him on for like the ninth time so um Uh, affect us right yeah yeah yeah. so Yeah. yeah yeah um and that man he and i've stayed in contact and i was telling him yesterday i was like man i'm glad that that this podcast exists because if it didn't i probably i mean yeah we would randomly text every few months Mm -hmm. or i'd comment on your facebook or something right like we would interact Mm -hmm. i would keep up with you but i was like now we get to have these conversations and that's awesome yeah man and it's good to have a, a deep conversation. Like deep conversations are very rare. And I appreciate your podcast because you you know just how to how to uh, to stimulate the the really good stuff to talk about, you know. Well thanks, man. I'm just trying man, I'm I'm just kind of selfishly uh doing it uh like because it's what I, I it's what I wanna do. Like I wanna have these yeah, talks and, and benefit from them and expand uh my perspective and and grow and um it's been it's been great man sounds great maybe next time i can put yeah. the backdrop behind myself i realize it's kind of bland <laughs> no nah, man you got the guitar poking out you look oh, like yeah. you're sitting between a couple of bookcases or something yeah man but, i actually uh, i had my, my classroom here it was that's me i'm the teacher nice. <laughs> I, I, put nice. it there. I didn't know if it would fit with our conversation but it's like my portable classroom yeah, man, I should look into how to do. So uh, I did a the author of this Van Halen book the other day, and Hal's mm-hmm. Nick, who's doing the election podcast tomorrow. He oh, logged yeah. on and he had a Van Halen background, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, dude. man, nice, awesome." Yeah, so, it's good stuff. Well, man, th- thanks, man. Yeah, and uh, we will do it again as long as you're you're willing to sit out with me. I'm. Uh, I will hit you back up here. Uh, uh, you know. It seems like no time since we talked last, but I would definitely, um, I'll hit you up in the future. Sounds good, man. You take it easy. Have a great day. All right, you too. Thanks. See ya. Bye.